1: uh, people recognize me and uh, are excited to see me, and and the rest of it. And one of the things they'll always say to me is, they'll say, "Love UBI." <laughs> it'll, be like, it'll be like that, and it happens to me frequently enough where I guarantee that these people are not hanging out on forums or, uh, you know, uh, that like they're, they're not—they don't strike me as activists. And so it seems like there's a ton of energy. And one of my projects now is to try and figure out how to both grow that energy and also translate it into action and policy.
2: There's so much that can happen at the at the local level that um, that that I don't think enough people like appreciate. Where you know, if it may sound like you can't, you know, get your member of, of Congress or you know something to do anything, um, but there's certainly things like. Um, you know, even another thing that happened in this, this, uh, the pandemic was the Mayors for Guaranteed Income launched. And then suddenly that opened the avenue for people to contact their mayors and encourage them to join this and launch a. Pilot. That's another thing you can do. Right. In addition to the march, you can, like, yell at your mayor, be like, <laughs> hey, why aren't you part of Mayors for Guaranteed Income? And the way that works is, you know, you get mayors on board and, and then suddenly that lends this idea more credence.
3: Welcome back to Yang Speaks, everybody. It is Monday, July 19th. Happy Monday. This is your co-host, Zach Grauman. Before we get to today's episode, just a quick reminder. We've got basically some really exciting stuff coming down the pike this fall. Uh, Andrew's got exciting stuff. I've got exciting stuff. Uh, Carly and Yang gang friends have exciting stuff. It's going to be a really exciting fall. This summer, we're going to be trying a number of new formats, but we're going to keep coming at you. Yang on Monday's. Um, And Carly Riley and myself on Thursdays with a variety of different formats. Do not miss it, it's going to be great. I think you're gonna like what we're coming out with and you're going to love what we're coming out with this fall. Anyway, today's episode's on universal basic income and cash relief with a OG, he's not only OG Yang gang, this guy was basically the foremost thought leader on basic income in the country. Scott Santons joins the podcast. It is a long time overdue. We wanted to do it, we wanted to do it right, and this was done right. Right now, Scott Santons joins Andrew Yang on
1: Yang Speaks right now. And we are back and it's my pleasure to welcome to Yang Speaks, the OG, the original UBI godfather, my inspiration uh, and educator for many things, Scott Santons. Scott, welcome. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you. It's great to see you as well. So, the most important thing is, did you just tie the knot? Did you just get married? Did you just get back from some uh, some very uh, ground-bound honeymoon? Like, uh, Tell us more. Tell us more.
2: I did. I did. I got married on uh, June 16th and uh, got married on a beach in Florida. Uh, we did like a big like over two-week long road trip driving to a bunch of different places. That's
1: fantastic. Congratulations, man. Um, Were you with uh, your now wife
2: when you and I were hanging out in New Orleans uh, those years ago? Yeah, we've been together since uh, 2012. So before I was even into UBI. Before you were into UBI, uh, can you
1: all imagine all the ladies listening to this, your (laughs) boyfriend coming back and being like, hey, there's this thing, Universal Basic Income we should totally make it happen. I'm going to get myself one. <laughs> in your case, you actually got yourself one. By the time you and I met in 2017, uh, you already had uh, universal basic income and had kind of appointed yourself the prototype, which I have to say is, the greatest, <laughs> thing of, is the, the greatest thing of all time. So I want you to reflect on that time in New Orleans uh, when I... Um, got a drink with you, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to run for president on universal basic income."
2: Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'll always remember that as a as a big day. And then, so what did you think when I said it? I, I was extremely excited uh, uh, about that that prospect, and I was already like, my mind was already worrying, was um, already like buzzing about uh, the idea of you like on the debate stage, uh, on a national you know platform, talking about basic income. I was just thinking like how like how much that would push the movement forward it, for suddenly like everyone um, watching to be like hearing this debate happen and the other candidates would have to like have a stance on basic income and everything. So, yeah, it was really exciting.
1: And I remember you having that reaction. I have to say, Scott, your reaction was so pure and unusual because there was no Uh, Skepticism or or anything uh, at all. You were just like, sure. (laughs) Like, and your mind was going towards the practicalities. So, how did you first get into UBI and then make it happen for yourself? Uh, Because it really is kind of a dream.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got back, I got into it back in uh, 2013 and it was really. Through kind of the same route that so many have uh, been introduced to through you, which was the technology route, which is this idea of automation, the impacts of automation, the potential future, um, the effects of it, and how to you know essentially make technology work for us. And it was this actually through the front page of Reddit there was a conversation about like how no one was talking about how quickly things were going and what that was leading to, and so. Through that, I started. I was introduced to the idea of basic income um, through actually the reading the book called Mana by Marshall Brain, which was about like um, the automation of middle management really and what that would do. Like starting there and going on, and uh, yeah, just. Read more about it and learned about like the history of it. I had no idea about what happened, like under Nixon and stuff. I had no idea about the pilots that had happened in the US and Canada. Just fascinated to look into all the evidence and, you know, looked into like the philosophy behind it and looked into um, just really learned more about the way the existing safety net works. And after all that, it was just like, well, this is an extremely important idea, not just for the future, but something that we should have done actually decades ago that we need to do immediately. And reaching that conclusion, I was like, I can't spend any time on anything else because this is just too important of an issue.
1: I love it. So, you read this book, Mana, and then you said, this has to happen immediately. And then you said, I'm going to devote my life to making it happen. I mean, that's pretty extraordinary. Um, So, I I want people to get a sense as to uh, who and what you are now. But Scott is the most prolific uh, universal basic income advocate uh, on the internet, uh, and has essentially this compendium of materials, uh, for everything under the sun, UBI related has addressed any, uh, question, (laughs) uh, like 10 times over. It's like built like this, this, this awesome library. Um, and, and so back to 2013, uh, what were your next steps and when did you actually start getting, um, Uh, universal basic income for yourself?
2: Yeah, so one of the first things I did was I got involved as a moderator on the basic income subreddit. um, And I tried to, you know, engage in those conversations, find like materials to post there and also, you know, consume as many, much materials as I could to learn more. Then eventually I got to the point where I felt I was comfortable enough to start like writing about basic income and trying to basically serve as like a popularizer and like translator of academic materials to try to explain things simpler and in a more shareable, consumable way. And then around um, late 2014, um, was I you know, discovered like Patreon. And I thought, well, this is like actually a really interesting kind of twist on Kickstarter, where instead of like trying to 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 crowdfund like one stack of something for something. This was like a an ongoing monthly crowdfunding, and I thought, well, this is you know potentially a brilliant way of of crowdfunding a monthly based income for perpetuity, so I decided to to go for that and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, like that was actually that conversation I had with uh with my wife katie uh you know at that time was just like um. Uh, I have this idea, I think that I can I, I can, I think I can I can achieve this and I could focus on this full time if I can do it. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, she thought, well, you know, maybe <laughs> was just, she was hesitant and, uh, you know, doubtful, but, uh, you know, I did it. And, she, and uh, you know, we look back at that conversation too. It's like, well, yeah, like we, sure enough, you put your mind to it and you did it.
1: So when you say you did it, you went out to the Reddit community and said, hey, guys, I want to popularize universal basic income, so chip in 25 bucks a month, and uh, then if enough people do it, then I can just do this all the time. Was that the pitch or what was the pitch?
2: Um, yeah, essentially. So I, I, the the when I set up my Patreon, it was like, so this, the goal of this is to crowdfund a basic income so that I can focus full-time on basic income. And um, so I launched that in late 2014, and it took all of 2015 to you know build it over time. And then I achieved my goal of thousand dollars per month, um, starting in January of 2016. So it was also interesting that process where, you know, I would write something and then you know you put it at the end you can support me on Patreon and you know doing podcasts and stuff you get the word out and then just slowly over time more people would uh, join in and start donating, say a dollar a month, five dollars a month or something. And that process was actually educational in itself because. You know, when I was at say four hundred dollars per month, like just that's not a thousand dollars per month, but because I knew that a four hundred dollars per month would be there on the first of next month, then that in itself was like this reduction of insecurity, like this kind of feeling like that that's gonna be there and it's gonna make a difference, and so that's even why I feel. Um, as I feel about like smaller basic incomes where you know, people say, oh, $1,000 a month, that's nothing. And it's like, well, no, like even 500 is really something, 400 is something, 300 something. It's all something to actually know that it's going to be there to have that stable um, source of security.
1: I, I just want to say just a total aside. I was just notified that I was going to get a $164 check for the Korean royalties uh, of the war on normal people. And mm-hmm. I was like, $164, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. It's like, you know, like everything is something, uh, yeah. you know, like it it, it felt meaningful. Um, and if that was coming in every month, it would be uh, tremendously impactful for just about anyone, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it takes you a year to get this thousand bucks a month. Um, we might as well do this segue right now. If someone wants to support you, they go to scottsantins.com.
2: Yeah, it's uh, patreon.com slash Santons, or you can find me uh, through my website at scottsantins.com.
1: I'm I'm a contributor. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right that's helixsleep.com slash yang. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. So Scott was the prototype and had been making this case since before I arrived on the scene. Um, and when I was educating myself uh, in 2017, Scott was the first uh, place on the internet, I stopped. And I remember this vividly, Scott, I looked at your social media and I said, mm-hmm. wow, Scott said has a hundred thousand followers. That means a hundred thousand people must love universal basic income. <laughs> 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 that, yeah, that, that's what I thought. I got together with you and other people. And there was a, a, a universal basic income community that has, uh, grown, um, and one of the things that we're going to talk about in a little bit is the state of affairs right now, because you're a senior advisor to Humanity Forward, which has been lobbying for cash relief on Capitol Hill. So we can hear about the absolute latest. Uh, but we'll, we'll continue on this timeline. So in 2017, you and I uh, sit down in New Orleans. I'm like, hey, I'm going to run for president on this. And uh, and you were enthusiastic, which was not the case for um, for everyone. I mean, uh, and I'm sure you remember when emails from me started popping up into the universal basic income uh, mailing list being like, hey guys, running for president, like here's what we need, (laughs) we need need review. And you were always like, yeah, let's do it, it's great. And then other people were like, uh, I'm a nonprofit, like, you know, so like there was a small clutch of people on that listserv, like you and
2: I were like, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, the subreddit was there too, but like the subreddit, it's just like the way that like all this stuff works is, is you know, let's say 50,000 50, subscribers to a subreddit. It doesn't mean like everyone's there reading it all the time. It doesn't mean that everyone's like engaging in it. it. doesn't mean that everyone's like clicking on the stuff. So, you know, you have like a, it feels like there's a lot of support, but then it comes down to like donating, then that's something different. And also it's like, you know, this is a a an idea that's, that is most useful to the people who lack the money to help make it happen. So it's like that's another barrier to cross as well. There's just a smaller percentage of people that can actually, you know, donate.
1: Yeah, that is a problem for sure. Uh, in, in America, money talks. And so the people that need universal basic income the most uh, aren't as visible or audible uh, you know, like you wouldn't believe some of the things that people said to me on the trail <laughs> but, or even what you just said, Hey, a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not meaningful. I'll be like, well, if you talk to that person over there, that <laughs> feel like that yeah, they'd, be, really. you know, that they'd be super amped about it. Um, so 2018, 2019 happens and, and you were a real champion on the trail. Um, that, that was good fun. I would see you uh in Iowa I would see you in different places you'd pop up <laughs> so uh so what was the campaign like from your point of view because you and I haven't really compared notes on it except for the you know times I'd actually see you
2: yeah i mean it was a real experience um you know being able to go to Iowa to be a part of that um there on like the you know right before the very first state you know voted and um, the thing that I remember most out of that experience is just you know getting to meet so many members of the Yang Gang in all these different cities in, in Iowa, and as I like drove across the state going to different places, and um, that's really what stuck with me is this like feeling of of this um, you know family, this community of people who you know really wanted to make a difference, and they were there to you know try to try to change the world for the better. Doing this this thing that was considered to be you know impossible for so many, and um, yeah, that just really stuck with me. It was such an incredible group of, of people, and just very passionate about this idea, and um, yeah, it just felt like more. It felt like more like family instead of like um, you know just a community.
1: Well, there's a unifying spirit to people who love universal basic income, and one of the things that I I've um uh, grown to understand more fully is that I think people that love universal basic income have a belief in humanity and a sense of possibility. And those things are wonderful. Uh, and it's one reason why when I encounter uh people who supported me uh, on the campaign, I love them like 95 times out of a hundred <laughs> you know I mean, like really really positive, Optimistic, wonderful people, um, and there's a, a sense of like of abundance, really. That like we can do this. Uh, if you do well, that's good for me. Like there, there's no like, oh, if you do well, like it somehow hurts me. Which unfortunately, I think is pervasive in American life today, uh, where uh, the the scarcity mindset is so strong. Um, so I'm so glad that you had that experience. I've talked to many people who've had the same experience. And I had the same um, experience. Uh, so aside from the times I saw you in New Orleans, because I came back and campaigned and that was fun. Um, I saw you in Iowa. Um, where else did you and I hang out or where else did you campaign during um, uh, during that time?
2: Well, I mean I even think too about our times. Um, you know, it wasn't the first time that we met when we met here in New Orleans. Um, you know, we met previously through to, you know, essentially like the origins of the economic security project. And um, you know, I remember too that uh when we were sitting at like the I think it was called the Cash Conference and uh, you know, spent some time to spent some time together there, um, you know, sitting watching stuff and talking about, um, you know, making it, making it happen. Whereas like, you know, some other people were there talking about these smaller steps and things. It's like, no, we just gotta do this.
1: <laughs> I remember that too. I remember sitting there with you and there were a couple of other people with us, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still good friends with. Um, it, it, it was a fan, fantastic launching pad and, um, one of the things that happened for me, so deciding to run for president, first exploring running for president, because I, I thought, well, if someone else is going to do this and make this case better than me, then, you know, I'm happy to not do it. Um, but then going around being like, hey, you know going to do this? I like everyone was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess it's me. Um, and, and so so you were pumped about it. And uh, Andy Stern was pumped about it. Um, Misha Chalam was pumped about it. Uh, Serkan Piantino was pumped about it. Like there were different people who were just like, yeah! Yeah. And, yeah. And a bunch of us were sitting together at that cash conference. <laughs> I, 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 I remember.
2: <laughs> and I, I remember too, like along the way, like there was a, a big moment. Um, and it was just like such a long process. Like you said, it was like 2017 when we started running and you know, the election was 2020. And it's like this such a long ramp up and, I remember um, watching your Joe Rogan appearance, you know, as it happened. And, uh, you know, and I, like, I texted you afterwards, the, like, right after I watched it. It'd be like, you know, this is, this is going to be, like, a big, big thing. Like, that was, like, an incredible appearance. And so many people watching it, like, I, this is... I knew, like, that was going to be a moment. And, like, sure enough, like, that was a really big um, shift in your entire campaign. And, and I would say the UBI movement as a whole.
1: Yeah, it was that had a an historic feel. Uh, it was February 2019, and the campaign did take off after that. Where after that, I'd get recognized on the street regularly. Uh, my wife Evelyn started joking that we can't take you anywhere because it would it would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would end up. Uh, descending into, you know, selfies and, and, and whatnot, which is cool. I mean, I enjoy that stuff. Uh, but it was a drag for Evelyn because it would just take us forever to get anywhere. So that was February 2019. And then the debates are through the summer. Really, that, that summer, too, was enormous. Um, and then we wind up campaigning in Iowa in the winter of 2020. Uh, and then the campaign ends and then COVID hits. Um, and so at that point, we started Humanity Forward, that you're now an advisor to. And we converted to cash relief and uh, advocacy and, and lobbying. This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Do you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell our data? The worst part is, you don't know what they're doing, you don't get to have your say. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Just hit one button and then your internet connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. No one can see your IP address. You're completely in your own private internet. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to track me and harvest my data. No matter what device you're on, you just hit one button and you get your own protected connection. So if like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com yang and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com yang. Go to expressvpn.com yang to learn more. The CARES Act got passed and then uh, some time passed. Uh, there have been three checks that have gone out and a child tax credit that just kicked in. So 36 million yeah. families are getting 300 bucks a month now. And that's something that really should be extended in perpetuity. I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. uh, that that's an enormous part of the future in my mind. Uh, where do you see the current lobbying efforts on Capitol Hill uh and how would we project forward the movement
2: so yeah first of all i like your role in this is your your campaign for president was just like perfectly timed for what ended up being this dis- disastrous um pandemic that happened just like right afterwards i mean it was already starting to happen you know in Iowa, i remember reading news about stuff coming out of china and everything and it had no idea at the time that it was going to blow up into a pandemic. Um, and also, like, I remember thinking and writing about this too, thinking that, okay, when the next recession hits, then. There's going to be a lot of automation that happens as a result. People are going to lose a lot of their jobs. Those jobs are going to come back because that's what happens during recessions. And so, that will be this like catalyst to really push basic income forward. But even thinking that, I had no idea that like, you know, it would be a pandemic that would actually be this catalyst. So, that happened as it did. like Just so many people becoming unemployed um, and also even employed but losing so much income and you know this this massive federal response that happened like fortunately I I, I think that there's a connection there between this rising um, popularity of basic income and this immediately going towards these $1,200 checks in the CARES Act. And um, you know it's like one of those things where I don't know if that would have happened in the same way had you not won for president and had the basic income movement not been building up over the years, but. It did happen that way. That twelve hundred dollars went out, and I think that was a game changer, because then that set this new precedent, and um, sure enough, it was followed the next by six hundred dollars. And again, that wasn't going to happen immediately either. Like Humanity Forward was was directly involved in in the happening, and uh, I know that that was a, a. a moment of great pride for you to have been involved. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I had calls with uh, with dozens of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. Uh, and uh, one of the things that always impressed them was the popularity of cash relief, where pandemic cash relief had something like 82% approval. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's one of the most popular things that the government has ever done.
1: Yeah, I I got a question Those 18%. They're like, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, not everyone got it.
1: (laughs) So those conversations uh, leading to actual relief for tens of millions of Americans was one of the high points of my life where, uh, you know, imagine feeling like you might have played a role in billions of dollars going out to people. I mean, it's a really good feeling. Great feeling. Uh, And then... I was in Georgia and it ended up being one of the central issues in the entire freaking Senate race over there where um, where the Democratic candidates were very openly campaigning on two thousand dollar relief checks. Uh, And then uh, Mitch McConnell ended up getting on board in part because he was trying to help the Republicans win.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was I think that was such a like that, the politics around that moment was, was just so big where, um, you know, you had like, Mitch did not want, um, that to pass, you know, the, the, the bill that, um, did pass in the house, uh, Mitch was like, no, we're not going to pass $2,000. That's ridiculous. And, um, you know, so th- then Trump was like, $2,000, it needs to be $2,000. So suddenly that shifted the conversation and the Democrats are like, Trump says $2,000, let's do this, you know? And um, so that became this, this huge part of the conversation. And sure enough, like you said, in Georgia, they're pushing for this and saying, you know, vote for us and we're going to be able to actually do this because Mitch is going to lose power. We're going to gain power. This is the, the difference in Senate power and we can get that $2,000 to you. And you can see like the polling, where like that really moved the needle where they started saying vote for us and we'll get you the $2000 and then boom that pushes it up enough that um I think that they were able to to pull off that victory. And so yeah, it's incredible that that not only, you know, you were down there to be be a part of that and this basic income conversation, the cash is part of it. And so then we got that third check afterwards, uh this, you know, $14 dollars $14 check and now that that's such a big deal that there, there's three checks now, and you know the question still remains: Is there going to be a fourth check? And um, you know, possibly not, probably not, but the possibility is out there, depending on what happens, depending on what happens to the economy, in a way that. It just wasn't part of the conversation before. And then sure enough, these monthly checks now for parents is effectively like basic income for kids. And that too is going to stimulate the economy. That's going to function as a monthly stimulus payment for so many people. And so many people are going to get used to feeling the security from this monthly check that's entirely independent of work and feel that that, you know, you can't take that away. That's going to be an extremely popular program. And I think it'll get people thinking, well, why don't we do more of this? Why don't we make sure that Adults without kids get this, too. Let's just make sure everyone has this economic security.
1: The child poverty tax credit is enormously impactful. Uh, and anything we can do to help make it permanent, uh, we should do. One of the interesting things is that Republicans are for it because it felt pro-family. Uh, and I agree with that. I know. I mean, it, it's I me and heck, anything that gets cash into American family's hands, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm all for um, it, it's been incredibly invigorating to see Humanity Forward develop into this nonpartisan slash bipartisan lobbying shop where uh, it's become a real player. And the team is very talented and they've hired experienced lobbyists. It reminds me of this Onion article that really helped uh, shape something for, for me forever, which was like the American people hire their own lobbyists. To fight for their interests on Capitol Hill, and it was like this way the American people will have. Um, so I feel like Humanity Forward has become the people's lobbyist that way. And universal basic income is something that there is no natural interest group for except for the people. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like who is universal basic income to help? It's like well, all of us. And it's like well, who cares about that? <laughs> you know, uh, so so that this people's lobby. Um, on Capitol Hill is so fascinating to me. And the fact that that's now uh, a permanent fixture, I mean, you know, uh, it, it's um, getting support uh, from uh, different players uh, and diverse support. And anyone who wants to support that this mission, you can go to humanityforward.com and, you know, make, make individual contributions too. Um, but uh, I have to say, talking to the team at Humanity Forward, uh, uh after I got off the mayoral, um, because I hadn't talked to them in a little while, um, was so uplifting, you know, it, it, it makes me feel like we're set to do an enormous amount of good, uh, for years and years to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was, um, you know, again, one of the, the, the the you know the best things that come out of your campaign and to be able to launch like right during the pandemic to get cash to people. I mean, I know that that made a, a huge difference in people's lives too. Just getting those like the micro grants out to people, and it was just you know immediate. It was before the government was even getting checks out too.
1: Now we distributed twelve million dollars or so directly to people uh, in varying amounts, um, and you know that this is a deep question for. For us all is that if you had a choice between taking twelve million dollars and giving it to struggling Americans, which we did do, <laughs> and uh, taking four million dollars and spending it on lobbyists to try and get uh, or ads or you know mailers or whatever the heck to try and get a hundred billion dollars from the government for Americans, like which do you choose uh, and? You know, so what, what we did in real life was we said $12 million directly to people and then, uh, you know, maybe uh, three or four million on uh, on lobbying. Um, you know, is, is that the right mix? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but that that's a real thinker for the people at home. Um, and when I tried to figure out the return on investment for the six hundred dollar checks, uh, it was something like, you know, over a million Percent, <laughs> um, and and one of the business truisms is that lobbying is a very high efficiency activity or high impact activity. Where like for every lobbying dollar, you get like twelve dollars in economic returns. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah,
2: if you're a multi million dollar like you know giant corporation, like why would you not spend at least some percentage of your money doing that if it can mean you know a huge return on that investment? So yeah, that's just how it works. So yeah, we need to have a people's lobbyist. We need to have this organization that's making sure that, you know, instead of relying on charities to get money to people, that the government actually does its job and gets money to people and that, you know, we shouldn't even be having to go through this process in the first place. Like, you know, we should have had a basic income in place before this pandemic even hit. We should have had, you know, automatic stabilizers in place that automatically started getting, you know, kicking out unemployment boosts to people and, you know, monthly stimulus checks to people above their basic income. Like, you know, we should automate more of this to make sure the government actually gets money to people when the people need it. And it's a matter of setting that up.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: for cash relief because I know there there's so many people that uh, want to see this happen um, and there, there are different things you can do you can uh, the traditional thing is like right you're a member of Congress uh, no um, they can certainly support humanity forward uh, but like do you when someone asks you this question like where do you send them
2: yeah I mean it, it there's some there's certainly more options now and I guess one of the questions I ask is like you know, what is it that you want to do? And not only like what's available, but even like what skill sets do you have that you could even create something new? Like what would be even like an enjoyable thing, like a fun thing for you to do? Um, You know, maybe you'd like to write um, something, maybe you'd like to, you know, as for like a, you know, submit it to your local paper, or maybe you'd like to write to your members of Congress, or maybe you'd like to, Start up a, a a podcast or maybe you already have a podcast and like, let's do like a topic about basic income or something along those lines. Like, you know, there's various things that people can do. And certainly, you know, getting money to um, as funding for Humanity Forward is, uh, you know, a great way to go about that now. But, um, you know, also I really like. Or do
1: <laughs> No need to feel restricted.
2: <laughs> or or scottsandins.com. But also, you know, income movement. Um, which is that incomemovement.com is doing a lot of great stuff, grassroots organizing. People can you know um, uh, be involved there. That's, uh, that's great. And also we've got the you know, the basic income March is coming up here in September. And um, that's really exciting to see happen again um hopefully there again be even more people um this time than the previous times and that could show even more movement so people can hey if you've if you um if there's already something scheduled um and a march in your place then in your in your area then you know please attend it and if there isn't then please be that person that you know sets it up and um helps uh, organize that so there's there's definitely things that that people can do that, um, you know, didn't really exist years ago.
1: So you've seen basic income grow from this marginal uh, thing no one had heard of back in 2014, let's call it, and then 15, 16, and now in 2021. It, it feels to a lot of people like we're this close. I mean, it feels like that to me. You know, we're sending out checks to tens of millions of people. It's like, why don't we just keep on doing it? Uh, you know, uh, it, it it has grown the majority of Americans are for it. I can't tell you just walking around uh, really anywhere. Uh, people recognize me and uh, are excited to see me and, and the rest of it. And one of the things they'll always say to me is they'll say, love UBI. <laughs> it'll, be like, it'll be like that. And uh, it happens to me frequently enough where I guarantee that these people are not hanging out on forums or uh, you know uh, that like they they're not they don't strike me as activists and so it seems like there's a ton of energy and one of my projects now is to try and figure out how to both grow that energy and also translate it into action and policy so we have humanity forward on the lobbying side we have people who can do things like participate in the basic income march uh, and and organize locally um, uh, and so now my efforts are going to go towards trying to make it so that our government's actually more responsive. To the will of the people, because that connection has unfortunately been breaking down for quite some time.
2: There's so much that can happen at the at the local level that um, that that I don't think enough people like appreciate. Where you know, if it may sound like you can't. You know get your member of of congress or you know something to do anything um but there's certainly things like um you know even another thing that happened in this this uh the pandemic was the mayors for guaranteed income launched and then suddenly that opened the avenue for people to contact their mayors and encourage them to join this and launch a. Pilot. that's another thing you can do right in addition to the march you can yell at your mayor be like <laughs> hey why aren't you part of mayors for guaranteed income and the way that works is, you know, you get mayors on board, and and then suddenly that lends this idea more credence. And then also you've got like city councils that are that are looking at this. You've got like also yesterday was a big day too because California passed the first bill for a publicly funded like ongoing guaranteed income uh, program, which is for foster youth. And that too came from a pilot that started in Santa Clara County, that came from. Um, I'm I'm a board for the Fund for Humanity, the jail board, uh, Fund for Humanity, and that was a pilot that was started there, which just this little pilot for a small group of of, uh, youth aging out of the foster youth system, and that did so well, and also it happened during the pandemic. California looks at this um, rising popularity that, again, came out of Stockton, and they say, well, let's do this statewide and like a permanent thing to make sure that That those aging out of the foster youth system have a basic income for three years. And now that's a real thing. Like that is a thing now as of yesterday. So again, it's just amazing to watch these, how something can be, you know, small and grow over time. One pilot may seem like a small thing, but it can grow into much bigger things. And I think that over time we're gonna see this stuff get bigger and bigger. And all of that lends more momentum to the whole thing to get more people on board, more organizations on board. And then once you get those kind of organizations, then they're putting pressure on the members of Congress that would usually not listen to people. And now they feel they have to, because the ones who hold influence over them are saying, look, you need to do this. And that's really how stuff gets done.
1: So if someone comes to you, and they just want to find out more about universal basic income, uh, and then you say, okay, here are the things you should do, um, so for you back in the day it was mana. For me it was raising the floor by Andy Stern. Is there like a starter you give them like Hey, read this book. Uh, I mean certainly you are the internet's library on this. So uh, like I I refer people to ScoutSands.com. But like what 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 do you yeah uh, tell people to do?
2: Like I I mean that was the that was the the reasoning that I even started writing uh, because it was like this kind of a long map project of, I want to cover all of these different frequently asked questions. I want to cover these different angles and put it all into one place. And so I have that FAQ on my blog. And I refer to people to that a lot. And I even, you know because I have various articles for different commonly asked questions, then I just share those a lot as ways to um, get people introduced to the idea. So, yeah, like that was instead of like stopping or, or not doing anything and in, in, in writing um, a book that, you know, I could have spent years or something writing that. Um, I just wanted to get little pieces of shareable content out. And um, create almost like a table of contents for for your multiple normal questions that are asked. And I think now at some point I'll I'll hopefully transform that into a book here in the immediate future, too, to make that even easier. But
1: the the short answer to this, Scott, is you just say like, "Hey, uh, read Yang's book." I mean, that could have been you know (laughs) you have to go through all of this like that's good.
2: That's 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 a good intro too for sure. And also Andy Stern's book. There's um, and that's the thing too is there's a. There's just a, a great many books that can um, that can introduce people in different ways. Um and it's important to match that book with them. So, you know, maybe someone doesn't care about the automation argument. Maybe they care about, you know, the way the welfare system works right now, their existing safe net. I would say, hey, read, you know, Tyranny of Kindness by Teresa Finicello. Like, uh, that's like a great book to read. Or, or you, know, know Rick- who's, you know who's
1: doing a sequel to that book right now is Annie Lowry. Annie Lowry is apparently mm. neck deep in how the welfare system works. Um, so, uh, really excited yeah. to see what she, she finds out. I, I like where you're going with this. This, so this is an important task thought. So what you have to do is you have to say like, well, what kind of person a reader are you? And then being like, if you're this, right. read Yang's book. If you're this, uh, read, uh, Teresa's book. If you're this, like that, that, that's very interesting. Yeah. You can or, or listen to artist. this
2: podcast. You know, if you're not a reader, then listen to this. Or if you prefer watching, you know, documentaries, then here's like a documentary you got to watch first. Like. Yeah, it's all about meeting people where they are and make sure that you know they're able to consume um, something about basic income in a way that they prefer and that um, reaches them based on you know be they're liberal or conservative or libertarian or green party or, or whatever. Um, there's just so many different angles um, to uh, to get people to understand.
1: So people want to support ScottSantons.com. Um, what do you see as like the next couple of steps in the movement? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to you, man. I mean, like uh, going through this journey with you. I mean, you've taught me a lot. Uh, I genuinely do. Like people are like, "Oh, Andrew Yang's Mr. UBI," and it's like, sort of. <laughs> I, actually think Scott, I think Scott deserves that title more than I do. Um, but um, but yeah, like, how would you recommend that people best uh, support the movement?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, um, yeah, I think number one key is, is first of all, you know, becoming more educated on the topic. So, you know, just like my own process was, I didn't want to like start speaking about it or, you know, um, writing about it or doing anything when I didn't feel I knew enough about it. And so that involved this educational process of doing a lot, a lot of, of reading and, um, you know first so i always think that's key is definitely learn more about it so you can speak about it because you don't want to it just it works so much better to be in a conversation with someone and be able to answer all their questions instead of being like i don't know i hadn't thought about that um, you know that kind of thing so education important and another part is yeah finding the the right thing for you um being you know at least donating to organizations is definitely very helpful if you can't do that you know there's there's just so many other things you can um you know write you can um you know contact you can be like become yeah, that person my, my, that's annoying my your preferred <laughs> method is just
1: to open the uh, is just to open the window and just start yelling <laughs> some variant uh i i you know i i change what i yell i can scream uh you know Uh, cash for all, basic income, give people money. I change it up based on the day. Just open the window up and just yell.
2: I'm I'm mad as hell I'm not going to take anymore without a basic income.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, For for me, uh, a couple of things I've concluded. Number one is just act, take action of some kind. It doesn't even matter what it is, to Scott's point. Just like do something um, uh, that you can then turn to and say, well, that's what I did. And if it's something that you are going to do uh, repeatedly or that you're going to end up, uh, spending time on great, but, you know, just, just know, uh, yourself and what you, uh, you know, like what is going to work for you and just do that thing. Um, it can be buying a copy of a book and giving it to a friend. Uh, it, you know, it can be, taking a news clipping, um, or a podcast recording and trying to send it to people.
2: Yeah. It can be engaging on social media and just like, you know, a a like here and there, a view here and there. Like that was something I feel that was, um, that the Yang Yang utilized well during your presidential campaign was, it was making a point of making sure that people knew that they should click on stuff. Like if something is about something that you think that there should be more of, I mean, that's what we're in this like click view world. And you know, that's part of the problem, but we can leverage it to be useful by making sure that stuff that it talks about basic income, that's especially stuff- That's that a pretty up light ask, light. Scott, yeah, very narcissistic.
1: <laughs> Scott's like, like my shit. That's well, what you could do, the highest <laughs> use. It, it is true that if some, because one of the things that is out there is that journalists write about UBI, and then if you amplify their right. stuff, then they're more likely to write more about UBI or exactly. someone else's. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that 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 is a thing. Yeah. One of the things I'm going to throw out there, Scott, and this is the way my mind works, and uh, th- this is uh, foreshadowing for um, you know where I'm going to turn my energies to next. But I believe we've won this argument. I believe at this point everyone's like, wow, we definitely have the money. It definitely helps people. We should be doing more of it. And so the question is, having won the argument, having gotten to a point where a majority of Americans are for it, how the heck do we get it done? And and that is uh, to me the next question we have to answer. Uh, but we wouldn't be at this point without you, my friend. Congratulations on the nuptials. Uh, congratulations on being hopefully the first of approximately you know a couple billion prototypes <laughs> of, of, of universal basic income recipients. It makes you smarter, more attractive. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> we should do it for everyone um but yeah man congrats on everything i'm so happy for you and katie and hopefully we'll have a chance to celebrate together in person soon
2: yeah thank you i'm just so excited about this and i'm excited for all the people out there you know as of yesterday that started getting these checks i mean if you've got two kids that could be 500 you're getting
1: this check jump up and down and say i love this check (laughs) and if anyone tries to take it away from me i'm going to vote them out of office that's a very good recommendation
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Make sure that everyone knows that that's extremely popular and you will not be voting for someone who somehow tries to get rid of it. And that's the that's the thing. Like each each win builds on the next win. And we just had some big wins yesterday. We're going to get some more and, you know, we'll get there Um, hopefully sooner than later. But really, like you said, it just feels like it's around the corner. And if we just get enough people involved and we remove the obstacles that you will be helping tackle this next and pushing for that. If we get those obstacles removed, it's gonna be so much more possible. And just so many other things become so much more possible too.
1: Yes, we've won the argument. Now it's time to win the future. Thank you, Scott
2: Santens. Thank Um, you, Andrew. Appreciate
1: the heck out of you, man.
2: Thank you, appreciate you too. And uh, yeah, it's just great to see you again.